Yo, what is going on, family? Welcome to the Journey Podcast. It's yours truly, Nathaniel Jefferson the third, and I'm with my co-host. What up, Steph? What's going on, fam? Hey, hello, family. Hello, Journey family. We're back at it again. Nate, it's great to see you like always. Let's get it. Yo, today is a very, very special episode. Oh, my goodness. I have a special guest sitting in my office, the one and only. I'm talking about this guy has made a tremendous impact on my life in such a short period of time. It's so crazy. Um, he's my executive <laughs> pastor, my friend, my brother, my mentor. I look up to him. I'm inspired by him. Every time we have a conversation with, with each other, his name is Pastor David B. Wall. What's going on? What's up, bro? Uh, I feel like Jesus after <laughs> just a little bit. So let's not start the pod with heresy right off the bat. Like, shut down. Uh, Yo. Uh, what I love Nate. That's my boy. Let's uh, go. What are we working like a year and a half now? A year and a half, man. A year man. and a half, uh, bro. He came into a collective and he was worshiping his heart out with his wife and some other guy. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know who that guy is, <laughs> but I like him. <laughs> and, and then I was like, I don't know if he's ever gonna come back again. Yeah. And, then, and then I got a follow. It was like Nathaniel Jefferson the third. Uh-huh. And then it was like you in a suit. <laughs> And it was like something fire ministries. Yep. And I was like, ah, oh, dang, he goes to another church. Uh-huh. He's not coming to vertical. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they read another young adult service like uh-huh. a month ago, yeah. a month later. And then you showed up again. And I yeah. was like, what's this boy doing? Uh-huh. And then I saw him on a Sunday. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you stay the here. If they you come two here. and a half times to your church, they're staying. Bro, that's a fact. Like, it's a done deal. I was like, you and I need to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one conversation mm-hmm. in our office, and since then we've been running hard. And hard. God's been doing some crazy stuff. So I'm excited to hear, be here with you, with Steph. Let's go. I just met Steph. Mm-hmm. So this is awesome. The dude's got the juice, and, <laughs> and he's got the woman. So and the ready. woman. He made that very clear. Oh, let's go, man. That was, it's good to have you. Guys, yo, you know what this is where we talk about faith, family, and finances. It's the Journey Podcast. We're going to dive deep on some couple things with our pastor, my pastor, and uh, we're going to see if we can help a couple people. All right? When we get back, let's get to it. Peace. Alright, yo, welcome back to the Journey Podcast. You know, we gave these people a name, Steph. We call them the journeyers. Mm-hmm. Alright, they're gonna journey through faith, family, and finances. Um, but today we're gonna put emphasis on family. Mm-hmm. But before we go there, man, since we got our special guest, I kinda wanna get to get a, let our audience get to know him a little bit better and uh see how he was raised, where he came from. So, yo, who who is David B. Wall? Confused. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, you're gonna open up all my my, my trauma and PTSD from therapy. Um, <laughs> I've been working out for three years trying to heal. Um, so David B. Wall Ramos mm-hmm. is uh, a Puerto Rican mother mm. and a German father. Mm. Um, my parents got married at a young age, and my mother had already had a kid from a previous relationship she got pregnant at the age of 14 Mm -hmm. but we didn't know that my sister 
was my was not my dad's daughter. Wow. So we grew up believing that my dad fathered both of us and whatever. And mm-hmm. so my mom, <clears throat> I found out later in life, had gone through a lot of trauma. So mm-hmm. she'd been raped multiple mm-hmm. times, never said anything. Mm-hmm. It was wow. kind of like one of those, you know, Puerto Rican families are very like, trauma happens, we don't address mm-hmm. it, we don't talk about it, just like sweep it under the rug and pray goes away kind mm-hmm. of deal. Mm-hmm. And so when my mother hit her mid-20s, she had a house with my father, mm-hmm. they were successful business, like the whole nine yards, she started wilding out. Mm-hmm. By wilding out, I mean, she was going crazy. Mm-hmm. She was like clubs, drinking, not coming home, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, my dad was like, bro, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that turned into like a crazy... Um, couple months growing up, my parents ended up divorcing. Wow. And that sucked. Um, and so I never forget. It was unhealthy break too. Like yeah. my dad was so offended, so broken. Um, my mother was so like over it. And so it became like a battle between the two for us. And they were mm-hmm. both toxic and mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know, trying to pit us against each parent. It was mm-hmm. bad. Wow. Um, so the person that my mom had left my dad for mm-hmm. ended up being an abuser. Wow. And we didn't know that at the time, so we got our own apartment, my mom, and uh, apparently we didn't know either. My mother didn't know that this dude already had a whole wife and daughter wow. on the side mm. that wow. she didn't even know about. Um, and the dude ended up getting my mom addicted to some drugs. Mm. And I remember... How deep do you want me to go, bro? <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. Deep deep this is want. good. I just went like... Yeah. Explicit. Let's say this. We just dived into Yeah, we went right in. Right, right in. I like it. We might have to go a different route. Listen, listen. Wherever you want to go, we'll go. Yeah, listen. Wait, hold on. Journey journey family, journeyers, explicit, explicit. We love to get in it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um... We, you know, I, I, so we got into this house, whatever. Um, the dude ended up starting to be abusive to my mom. Mm. I'm seven at the time, eight years old. So, like, me defending her was out of the picture, right? Mm. He's a grown man. He's in his 30s. He's like, mm. whatever. He's built buff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember times where I went to sleep listening to my mother scream from the other room. Mm. She was getting beat and not being able to help her. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And that does something to a young man. Yeah. To not be able to protect, even at that age, to not be able to help, to not be able to speak up. And so yeah. we went through a big, like, up and down. I remember one time my mom wasn't working because she was so distraught with this. And so mm. um, she had money to pay rent, and that was it. Mm. And my dad had paid, yeah, I think, like 700 bucks for groceries for us just mm. so we had food mm-hmm. brought in the house. And and that day he dropped it all off on Friday. We went with him for the weekend, came back on Sunday. Mm. When we got back on Sunday, the whole house was destroyed. Wow. Like food everywhere on the walls, the ceilings, like um, all the way had white fabric sofas because that was big in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there was syrup and sauce poured all over the, 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 the sofas. Mm-hmm. And my mother's crying trying to clean this all up before we got home mm. and my dad walked in with us and for the first time my dad saw that like the dude got pissed off and decided to to throw it all out because he felt challenged as a man that he couldn't provide for her mm. even though he has his own wife and kid on the side mm-hmm. and at that point my father was like no like he was like i don't want to get involved because they broke up and they weren't on talking terms mm-hmm. but at this point he was like now you're affecting my kids yeah i'm stepping in mm-hmm. and so he ended up forcing the dude it was a whole thing whole mm-hmm. drama thing we got away from it um and then from there y'all 
life just kind of happened. I started yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave my life to Jesus after all that craziness. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus became the saving grace, yeah. Yeah. you know, and like at eight, nine, whatever, my grandmother would pick me up and bring me to Living Word at the time, which is now vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day after service, I went to stay in that at her house and I gave my life to Jesus in her bedroom. Wow. So my grandma like led me to Jesus. Um, and so when all this craziness was happening, um, I would call my grandmother and we'd pray together on the phone. Mm-hmm. And we would like believe God for change, believe God for healing, protection, yeah. that type of stuff. So like my love for Jesus kind of grew then, mm-hmm. you know, because he became like the the safety, the thing that gave me peace and the turmoil and the craziness and the drama and all that type of stuff. So yeah. it kind of grew from there. Yeah. And then went through my high school years, my formative years. Mom was kind of still unstable. Dad was kind of still unstable. Mm-hmm. I did recognize later on in life that I always viewed my dad as a superhero from that event. But yeah. as I got older, yeah. now I see that he wasn't as perfect either. And yeah. there was a yeah. lot of stuff from him that was unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm yes. trying to work through now. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I love you, but you're kind of crazy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> like, Legit. Like, yeah, y'all wild. Uh-huh. Like, y'all didn't take care of me that well. Like, uh, mm-hmm. So from there, man... Um, I got involved heavy with the youth group here at Living Word, mm. and I was like 15, 14 years old. Mm. And my grandmother, Puerto Rican grandma, she knew what it was to spend time with Jesus. Mm. And so she would wake me up at 4 a.m. to pray with her. Oh my God. And so it, I would fall asleep most of the time, but it was like, that's just who she was. Yeah. Like yes. She's a woman of prayer, woman yeah. of power. Yeah. She was a witch in Puerto Rico. She was wow. a Sandera. Um, wow. and so she used to go to graveyards, dig, dig up dead people's bones and bring wow. them into our houses for rituals, wow. for protection, for stuff like that. Mm. And one day in Florida, she, um, had a friend who was going to a church down there. And so she'd never been to a church, mm. never really understood what church was about. Mm. And she had told her friend, how can you invite me? And she was like, well, I figured because your lifestyle, you probably wouldn't want to go. And she yeah. was like... No, I want to go. And so she brought her to a Friday night prayer service at the church down there. She'd never been into a church in her life. Mm. And all of a sudden she said she remembers walking in and waking up on the altar on the floor. That's all she remembers. And three hours had passed by. And she was like, what happened? And apparently as soon as she came in, the power of God was so strong in the room, the demonic spirit in her manifested. The pastor cast it out. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. My God. And then she was radically saved. Wow. And at that point, she like totally like let go of all her witchcraft, let mm-hmm. go of all her santeria, like all her stuff. And she gave her life to Jesus and started following him, right? And so she's always known <clears throat> the supernatural. She's always been with right. the super, Like she's, she's what? So for, sure. for me, she was my first like mentor. Like mm-hmm. she was my first disciple or mm-hmm. like God used her. To teach me, kind of reminds me of like Timothy, where he was like, "Don't mm-hmm. forget the faith of your grandmother." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fan that into yep. flame. Yeah, yep. yep. like she was my foundation mm-hmm. of like the prophetic and, and speaking in tongues and being filled with the Spirit and believing God and like mm-hmm. taking authority over the enemy mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, uh, what did I say that story for? You was explaining how <laughs> at fifteen, bet, you know. Bet. So, um, <laughs> grandma became the person like waking me up. So, what other fifteen-year-olds were waking up yeah. at four a.m. to pray and seek God? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I never forget. I finally had a radical encounter with Jesus um, at a camp I went to mm-hmm. around fourteen. Mm-hmm. And when it hit, I like, finally broke away. Like, cause I was super fearful. Like, mm-hmm. what do people think about me? What are people going to say about me? Yeah. I raise my hands during worship because I'm scared, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. I think it was Battle Cry, what Ron Luce I went to. It's mm-hmm. a big youth event. And in that event, God kind of radically was like, this is who I am. This is who you are. This is what it looks like. And God just set me free from the fear of man. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I came back to the youth group like, 
sold out. Like, I oh, love yeah. Jesus, yep. you know, praying yep. in tongues the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. The only kid praying in tongues in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, is praying in tongues. And um, so the pastor one day walks up to me at the time, his name is Mike Yannis. He's, he starts praying in, in spirit over me. And he mm-hmm. just, and he'd never done that before. Mm-hmm. And he'd never done it to anybody before. It wasn't our type of church. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and he says, I feel like God's about to take you from here. And you should do something else somewhere else. Wow. 15 years old, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I told my grandma about it. She was like, okay, let's pray. So my grandma, it's a long story. I know, yeah. but I'm going to tell you my whole Please, life. Please, I want it. Uh, so my grandmother went to one of her friend's church, a small Spanish church in New Haven mm-hmm. uh, called Sestia. My goodness. Repeat it. I don't know what that means. Y'all know those churches that have weird names? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, percent <laughs> what are you saying? Listen, <laughs> you have their whole doctrine in their church in name, their church, bro. Trust me, I understand. Church of God, A-O-G-C-O-G, and Christ. Apostolic holiness, perfecting faith. Go ahead. They try to like give the little acronym. They be like A-B-W-C-K-U. What are you saying, bro? Make it simple. True, 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 true. One synonym. I want <laughs> um, and so I, I went with her to that church and the pastor was there and I've never been in one of these churches and that's so why I gave the pastor mm. a word because if like the Lord spoke to me it was like tell him this light momentary affliction will produce weight for him and glory for him yeah. right and so I just told the pastor that he was like hey I want you to come preach at our youth group and I was like I've never preached before yeah. so I stole a Benny Hinn sermon Yo, <laughs> kid you not uh, grandmother had a copy of the Benny Hinn DVD for the Youth Crusade. Yeah, this seems all too familiar. I, yeah, <laughs> and I stole that sermon on Ahab about surrender, and I memorized it. I wrote it, every word down, memorized wow. it, and I preached it at the youth service. And as I was doing it, I feel like the Lord God told me, you're going to stay here now. Wow. So I was like, okay, great. So I stayed there and ended up growing the youth group from about four kids to about 65 kids in My a church goodness. of 120. Wow. Which means more than half of the church was youth. Was youth. Wow. Um, and at that, that point, it was funny because um, at that point, the church I'd left, um, I started to realize, like, wow, we had this gift here, and we didn't know we had this gift mm-hmm. here. And so I started partnering with them to have them start, like, trying to help this church kind of grow mm-hmm. and learn. It's funny to me how churches who don't grow refuse help from churches who are growing. That is wild. And like it's, I know we're gonna talk about me for a mm. second, but it's just it's concerning to me when leaders are so prideful mm-hmm. that they can't come under somebody who's doing the thing because they don't feel like they have the capacity to do the thing. Mm. And it's, I don't know. I just think wow. if you're at a place in, in, at a church or like, I'm not trying to leave a church. I'm mm. just saying be under leaders who are humble enough to grow. Yeah. Who are humble enough to be challenged. Yeah. Yes. Who are humble enough to find people who are doing it better and to help Oof. them do it better. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if you've been praying for a change in, in 14 years and nothing's happened, maybe the change is the leader. Maybe, like, the change has to start there. And so, like, I was trying to get some of that juice on this church, and the leader there was like, no, I don't want it. This isn't our type of church. This isn't our type of thing. Da, 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 da. Mm. So... I realized after a while, although it was growing, although it was dope, although it was fun, what I had thought about being successful mm. was really division because that wasn't his vibe. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, he didn't want freedom. He didn't want, 
young people on fire. He didn't want to reach young people that didn't look like the culture. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he wanted a whole bunch of young people in suits and a whole bunch of young people praising the Lord. Mm. And that wasn't what our, our, our community reflected. Right. right. And so we weren't willing to disciple new young people. Yeah. So we didn't reach new young people. And then we shot ourselves in the foot because a youth Sunday doesn't work. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you wow. Know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. Keep on going. Because, like, it's like, bro, if I, it's one thing to reach them on a, on a youth service on a Friday. But if we can't translate that to Sunday and keep them on Sunday, we lost. Come on. Mm. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like if Sunday isn't at a place where a young person is going to enjoy it and want to stay, mm-hmm. then there's an issue. Yeah. That's you know? true. It doesn't yeah. mean we got to do everything you think. It doesn't mean we got to do a hip-hop song yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. But like our leaders need to be speaking common language. Like our worship needs yeah. to be like really good. Like yeah. it has to be something that people feel safe to come to. Yeah. Because um, I also think rap at youth services is cheesy. That's just me. I just, <laughs> I just, I just don't need <laughs> Oh my god. Like, mm, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You're not lying. I'm just saying. You're good. Um, it never fit it never fat to me. Like it, it didn't flow when you had someone come to rap. It, I don't know. I never liked it. Though. Yeah, true, yeah. true. But well, we went to preach at that church standalone uh, in Norwalk and we were like, what is happening? Yeah. They were dope guys. They were. They were but I was just like, this isn't it. Yeah, it. Yeah. it went from like, I am living proof to like <laughs> God, he reigns. <laughs> <laughs> it's just confusing. Yeah. It's confusing. I understand. Anyway, so I was in that church. It was going great. And then kind of uh, character gaps started happening. Uh-huh. And the pastor with his wife, his wife was like my partner, mm. started having marital problems. Yeah. And the pastor ended up um, inviting a young girl who got kicked out of her house mm. to come live with him. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a month and a half. And yeah. all of a sudden... Pastor's wife stopped showing up, and we were like, "Where's she at? Like, what's going on? She's mm. sick." First, it was she's sick, and then it was like she's not okay, and then it was like we got to talk to y'all about something. Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up being—I don't know if I told you—I think I told yeah. you the story. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up being that the pastor's wife had a had a a, a lesbian affair with this mm. young lady. Wow! And and it blew up, and within you know two months of them going through a divorce, they still weren't officially divorced. The pastor had already had yeah. his eyes on another person mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. wow. and they were already starting to talk. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there was a lot of red flags. Right, like, one thousand percent. Leadership isn't like I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. type of deal. Yeah. And uh, maybe I shouldn't have said the name of the church either. We'll cut it out. We'll try to cut that. We'll try to cut that. Yeah, just because. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, and so it got really weird, and funky, mm. and so. An evangelist from Puerto Rico showed up with a prophetic word that passed the, the pastor at that time was supposed to be with this new lady, mm. even though they weren't divorced. Mm. And so I'm a man of the word, and I'm a man of principle, and I'm right. a man that believes God is character. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> that one's sus. It's sus. Okay. not the restoration yeah. I don't know it, yeah. it was it was weird yeah so they got divorced and within like a month or two that pastor and that woman got together mm. married the whole nine yards and so as soon as that happened this chick came like gung-ho against the youth ministry and she was like no more conferences mm. no more lights no more decor no more this no more that um, mm. and it was one of the first times that God had confronted my rebellion in my heart mm. because even though I felt like it was unjust and they didn't have character. Mm-hmm. God still called me to submission. Yeah. Wow. 
you know, like sometimes the greatest, like especially for us young leaders, the greatest test of our, our obedience to God is believing that God can work through delegated authority even when they have character flaws. Mm. Yeah. And even when they're being hypocritical. Mm. Even yeah. when they don't have the right things happening. Oof. Like Man, that's the ability word. to honor. My goodness. You know what I'm saying? In spite of their character. Yes. Right. So, yep. Doesn't mean that we got to stay there, but it means that like, I'm going to keep honoring and not defame. One thousand. Like bash and like. It, what it, that's between them like Paul still said who am I to judge another man's servant like, come on that's, that's not my deal that's between him and God and so come on I had to realize like me staying there is dishonor mm. me staying there is breeding division mm-hmm. me staying there is causing issues mm-hmm. so I had to remove myself mm-hmm. because it was like this isn't fair yeah so I left came back to vertical and I sat for two years loved Jesus too much mm-hmm. to quit me like the quit the church because yeah. I love the Lord but yeah. I, I was done with ministry yeah. mm. and uh, my pastor let me sit for two years and then after two years he was like enough like where you at we mm-hmm. need your gift we need and I was like no bro yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never forget one time he preached on Moses and he preached when Moses killed the uh the Egyptian hit him in the sand and ran, uh-huh. and he stopped. Pastor Kemp stopped and was wow. looked at me in the front row and said, "How long are you going to keep hiding, Moses?" Wow! And then kept his message going, and I cried in that front row like a baby, bro. Wow. My goodness, baby. sobbing the whole. I'm about to cry right now mm. listening to it, like Ooh. like sobbing because Ooh. I was like, "I'm hiding, I'm running," like and and my voice is needed, my gift is needed, mm-hmm. my leadership is needed, but I need to be in it. So from there, man, I, I got involved in the youth ministry. I started serving at Vertical, mm-hmm. and. The rest is history. I served there for about four years, volunteer. Um, mm. I was working at Metro North Railroad. Yeah. Great job. Love that. And then when God called me into ministry, um, I did a year volunteer first, full-time mm. volunteer, and mm. then a full job. And then they finally made a role for me. I served in that role of youth and young adult pastor for about four years, four and a half, yeah, almost five years, mm. and just got pre- ex- uh, promoted to executive pastor at Vertical. Come on. So that's been, that's been the journey. It's yeah. been great. A lot of learning. There's yeah. way more to the story. But I just took 20 minutes to tell you Yo. all the drama. So oh my God. we said family issues. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to give you all the family issues. <laughs> I was in Genesis and got the Exodus thing out. Oh, God. Disgusting. Like, this is amazing. Um, I want to go back to what Pastor Ken told you on that Sunday when he was preaching and literally... It's almost like, it's like, yo, when you hear someone speaking in a sermon and you know everyone else is around you, like it could be a thousand people around. But what that person is saying is speaking directly to you. Mm -hmm. But for him, it was like a holy moment for you. Like for him to like just point at you and say, yo, when are you going to stop running Moses? Like I know that that hit you in that moment, but what happened after the fact days later? Like, how did you feel? Yeah. What did you start to say to God in yeah. prayer? Like, where were you at? Where was your head? Um, I mm-hmm. think it was the end of a season of denial. Mm-hmm. Because I was I was kind of like, I wouldn't say it out loud, but I was just like, that didn't really just happen. And, mm-hmm. and it was healthy. I needed to step down. And, yeah. and I'm not good anyway. I'm ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if I was good, that would have been more successful. And I would have still been there. Yeah. I would have still been in that role. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think I had been telling myself or letting the enemy tell myself these lies to get me to silence my purpose wow. and to get me to not to really just silence it, but to abandon it. Mm. Sometimes the enemy can't take it from you, but he'll get you to leave it. 
Wow. And drop it, you wow. know, and just yeah. kind of like ignore it so yeah. that you don't progress. Yeah. Um, and so I was even letting my, you know, my girlfriend at the time say like, hey, I'm not doing ministry. It's not for me. Like, I'm just yeah. going to grind out and make money and, yeah. you know, work tons of overtime and get a nice house. Maybe we'll move to Florida. And so I started to like really rationalize all these big plans that I had trying to, to basically fill the void mm. that the lack of ministry had left. Mm. And so when that happened... It was almost like, kind of like you can't deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's kind of like the walls start crumbling, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh! Like yeah. everything I've been doing the last year is a lie. Yeah, wow. like this isn't me. This isn't. Wow. I, I, I took the bait. Like mm. I believe that. Like you know what I mean? Like I did the Peter. I went back yeah. to fish. Yeah, you know? like yep. Jesus. I denied him. I broke his heart. Yeah, and I'm going back to this other thing when I knew I was called to fish for men. Yeah, Jeez. he never called me to go back to. What am I doing fishing? Right, you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, and so I had to start talking to myself first mm-hmm. to get me to believe again mm-hmm. that what God still said is for me, mm-hmm. and that will happen. And I'm and I'm gonna get there no matter what the process mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. But then I had to start going and repenting mm-hmm. to the people in my circle that now I have misled to believe that that was no longer mm-hmm. what I felt like God had for me. Mm-hmm. And now I had to re- regain their trust to convince them to follow me into this thing all over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After I said, nah, bro, that's not for me anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so it was a lot of, 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 of humility being grown in me, mm-hmm. a lot of confession, a lot of honesty mm-hmm. after those next couple of days, um, a lot more crying, a lot more disbelief, a mm-hmm. lot more like, what is this going to look like? Yeah. Um, and then a lot more of God helping, having to walk me through forgiveness. Yeah. Because I hadn't let it go yet in yeah. two years. Yeah. Every time I saw somebody from that church in public, I was tight. Yeah. And, and then acting like I was I was like, well, you were. Shit. <laughs> you know? And while Matthew's like, if you got something against your brother, come on. at the altar. Come on. Um, and so the crazy thing after that was I knew I had to go back to the church. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to make it right. Even though I left on good terms, though. Like, can I just say that? Like, yeah. you know, I left with a letter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I left Things letting him know, like, <laughs> bro, I will train for the next two months anybody you want to take this role. Yeah. And when I got there the next day, he was like, we don't need you leave. Wow. After four years. Wow. Right? Of yeah. my own money, my time. Because yeah. they didn't have a budget, so yeah. I was taking my paychecks. Yeah. Yes. And buying lights and buying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I know it doesn't do ministry with no budget. Mm-hmm. You know, so people see it's now vertical and mm-hmm. be like, okay, you guys got budget. You don't know what it's like. No, bro. I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to junkyards to find weird metal things to put color lights on to yes. have a dope setup for a stage. Come on. Because wow. I had no money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Bro, reach Go ahead and talk. Go ahead and so talk. It's like nah bro don't hate now Come because on. god's blessed a little bit but yeah. like it's just this reality of like so i had to go back so i went to a service and i walked to the pastor and he said he thought i was coming back to church he was like god finally spoke to you and i was just like oh this oh. dude i was just like that's ah. the weirdest thing ever man yeah and uh, i was like nah i just wanted to tell you that i forgive you and i want you to forgive me more importantly mm-hmm. um, if i offended you and i just say i love you and i wish the best for you yeah and he goes okay and so I had to sit there and endure a whole service of wow. people like ignoring me, not wanting to talk to me the whole nine yards. And then when I left, I, 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 I never forget it. Like I walked through the door mm-hmm. and felt like that part of me just stayed in the room. 
Wow. It almost felt like I walked through like a, something that was just like off of me. Mm. And from that point on, I just stopped thinking about it. Wow. I wasn't worried about it anymore. I wasn't like, oh, this happened. It wasn't a big part of my identity anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a thing I buried came to light yeah. and realized that I didn't have to run from that Come anymore. on. So, mm-hmm. so it was it was tough. It was not easy, though, because that's the thing, too, bro, is everybody hears the word and then thinks it's done. Come on. Mm. But the word is an invitation to a process. Go Jesus. ahead, now. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, For now. freedom yeah. to really yeah. take place. And so that's the thing about prophetic words most times that people feel like it's just a one. No, no, no. God's, God's kind of trying to get you and invest yep. into something 100%. Now and to move you from where you are. And yeah. you got to follow that path out because yep. God's just not going to do it all. Know. You know, you told me one time, you told me that um, a leader who isn't self-aware mm-hmm. is a leader that's moving backwards instead of forwards because he don't know what he needs to work on. He or she needs to work on. And that stuck with me. Um, and, and it's crazy because you at that age experiencing everything that you experienced from family, from your previous church, getting to vertical, having that encounter, um, God using Pastor Ken to get you to a place where it's like, yo, there's some things in your heart that you have to lay down because it's hindering my purpose being fulfilled in your life. And having enough sense to be like, yo, I need to go back to my old church yeah. and really have a conversation with my former pastor, yeah. whether he receive it or not. Yeah. And that was the key to unlock your breakthrough. Yes. And I think there's so many people that's listening out there right now that's like, yo, I feel stuck. I feel like a part of me that I had passion for died because of mm-hmm. what I experienced and what I endured. Yeah. And they're like, yo, how can I get free? The answer is what he just said. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Having enough self-awareness yes. to be like, yo, there's some things that God needs to work in me. Yes. I might need to go back. I might need to go back to where I came from to kind of like 100%. approach the situation, the circumstance and be like, yo, I, I need forgiveness here. Right. I want you to forgive me. I forgive you. There's things that I need to just get off my chest because, yo, the longer I keep this in my heart, I remain stagnant instead of becoming all that God has called me to be. So So like that's like it's wild to me. Proverbs or no, James, Mm. God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Yes. And denial of that stuff. It's just pride at the end of the day. There's no way around it. Like not wanting to participate in the process. Is pride. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And it's this reality of like, ain't no grace for the pride. Mm. Which means, my, my definition of that is like, oh, no grace for the pride. It's like, grace is a thing that makes the hard things easier. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? You understand that one more time. Grace that is the thing that makes the hard things easier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know, for example, I know when God calls me to a season of fasting because it's easy for me to not eat. Mm. I know when I'm forcing it, because it's difficult for me to yeah. not eat. Yeah. And it's because I know there's a there's a grace moment Phenomenal. right now. Phenomenal. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, even with like certain Bible reading or something like that or a task I have to do, like something I really don't like to do, I just feel grace come on me and it's like, okay, I'm just going to knock it out real quick. Yeah. And it's like, boom, boom, when I'm preaching. Yeah. It's like, I know when I'm preaching with the help of the Holy Spirit and when I'm just facing <laughs> a message. That's and, real. Like you can feel the difference of like, Things just pop in your head, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like a phrase, or something, like whatever. You can see the crowd reacting. Like it's like, okay, there's a grace right now. Yeah. Versus me just trying to trudge through. Mm. And I think when we don't do those things, and we don't be honest and aware of like, no, there's unforgiveness here. Yeah. Mm. And I need to say that. Yep. 
like we we rob ourselves of God's grace to help us to change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. So God gives grace to the humble. So mm-hmm. that you, honestly, the biggest thing you can do when you're being humble is to be honest and to be like, "No, I'm hurt. I'm yeah. bitter. I'm yeah. angry. Yeah, I'm not trusting. Yeah. Like I haven't let this go. Like mm-hmm. I think that like." You know, I don't know what's going to take to get me to let this go, mm-hmm. Like, but I, I need to say that, right. you know, and say yeah. it to a leader so that people can start to, to do the hard work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Phenomenal. Man, so you gave me a challenge. It was going on three, four weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, I was mentioning to him in one of our mentee, mentor relation, uh, time of uh, discussions, and um, I was telling him, like, yo, I feel like... I couldn't trust God with my emotions. Mm. And I felt like that because I'm thinking I needed to have high faith and always be on top of the mountain in order for God to use me in the capacity that I wanted to be used at. Wow. And I'm like, yo, I can't tell God that I'm pissed off right now. Yeah. At him. Yeah. I can't tell him that I'm mad because I thought this situation was going to work out like this, but it didn't. Yeah. Because I feel like if I do that, he's like, oh, this dude ain't ready. Mm. He's too immature. Gotcha. And um, he said, yo, I want to encourage you and challenge you to get to a place of becoming more vulnerable. Mm. Really telling God how you feel. And more importantly, I want you to pray over yourself. Because like up until that point, like I would spend very little time in my time of prayer praying for myself. It would be I would be praying for my wife, yeah. the children and ministry, my family. Yeah praying for everything and everybody else yeah. but, I, but I wasn't praying for me mm. when I did that bro when I took his challenge yo that week I experienced a level of breakthrough that I haven't experienced in a while mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. like it's it was crazy crazy to me so like for you to say that and also like I'll say it like, I tell you this all the time coming to vertical I always said that I feel like vertical superpower is the gift of vulnerability 100% and going to vertical, people not putting their stuff in the closet, but showing it so everyone can see. 100%. I'm a man of God, but yo, I got issues too. 100%. I struggle too. I'm on a journey too. And it's like seeing that, I'm like, yo, I've never experienced nothing mm. like that. And for you to get to the place and you say like, yo, honest, like I still have unforgiveness in my heart. Yeah. I'm still bitter here. You know what? You offended me. And to say that and not like hide it as if everything is okay yeah. leads to freedom, man. Yes. Liberty, man. Liberty. I didn't know how important that was. Yo, because I kid you not, and I still yeah. find myself yeah. doing it. It's like, yeah. yo, I'm fine, bro. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm yo, we're good. Lesson highly favored. <laughs> coming in and coming out. So it's like, <laughs> but doing that, I'm like, yo. And it also shows that you're human too, man. Like you have emotions, you have feelings. You don't always have to be on top of the mountain. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. Was that a journey for you to get to that place? Yeah, Yeah. bro. Oh God, you open all the boxes. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it is vulnerability is intentionality. Yeah, doesn't just happen. Yeah. Um. So that was therapy. Mm -hmm. Because. With all the trauma that happened in my family, all the the stuff that should have been brought to the light, 
like the the number one phrase that they always repeat is, "You don't share family business. Mm-hmm. You keep that to yourself. Like mm-hmm. we don't talk about what happens." Same, 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 okay. same. So like we're the same, right? This mm-hmm. reality of like you don't tell people basically what they're saying, how you feel. Yeah. You don't talk. You you stuff it. And um, when I was in my first long term serious relationship, things got bad, mm-hmm. like bad. We started out ministry together. She got a job. Start hanging out with random people. Start going out, clubbing, partying. Mm. I'm a pastor now, mm. and she's out here doing her thing. I'm not mad at her for mm. it. I've let that go. Right? Everybody has their own journey. Yes. But the effects of it drove me to do things that I was like, "This isn't who I am." Mm. So I started going to therapy, and you know, three, four, five, three sessions in, it's not really working for me. And I'm mm. like, "This is whack." And so I go to tell my therapist, "I'm like, hey, bro." There is a woman, her name is Cheryl. I love her. She's like 50-something years old. She's an old black lady. Let's go, Cheryl. And she is like my rock. Like, <laughs> I love this woman. Like, um, and she's so sweet. And I think, you know, she's a mother figure for me, which mm-hmm. is like not, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yep. the, the whatever. Oh, go. I got you. <laughs> we got you. And, um, and I was getting ready. I swear that day to tell her, like, hey, I'm done. I just wasted my money. I think it's working. Mm-hmm. And so she said, hey, how's, so how's it going? And I was like, yeah. And I don't really have anything to say. Mm-hmm. And she was watching it, like 15 minutes goes by. We're just kind of twiddling our feet. She's asking me random questions. And she goes, why do you do that? And I'm like, do what? And I think she's talking about like me pulling my fingers or something. Mm-hmm. She was like, why do you do that thing where you always shut down and act like nothing's wrong? And I was like, because <laughs> nothing's wrong. <laughs> and yeah. she was like, no, things are wrong. You're just lying about it. Hmm. And she goes, "Do you know you have self-defense mechanisms?" Wow, talk about. And they're they're really strong, but I think they're ruining your life. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she was like, "You minimize, is number one, yeah. which means you make everything that is a big deal a small deal. God leave, so you don't have to feel anything. Hmm. Because if it's a big deal, that means you have to feel and you have to admit that something bothered you, so you make everything not a big deal." She was like. Everything you're talking to me about, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that mm-hmm. that happened to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big deal. You should be affected by that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, like you know, like, yeah. he's like, what? Don't what? be coming from yeah, my neck like, like that. You, yeah. What are you saying to me right now? Like, yeah. my whole world opens up. <laughs> yeah. um, and then she goes, and then you detach. Jeez. Number, and she was like, which means you, you don't let yourself feel anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything's not a big deal. So I don't feel anything. So you're just sitting here numb. Wow. And you have no opinion. No emotions. Yeah. You have no no nothing. She was like, how is this going to affect you in your life when you're with a spouse? Or rela-? And like, wow. they wanted you to respond with it like you're not a human at this point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then she said number three. I'm you minimize, you detach, yeah. you deflect. Yeah. Which means you always point to something else you want to talk about, but the main thing. Mm-hmm. And so people say, hey, I'm having this issue. I want to talk to you about it. Wow, man, where'd you get that bookcase from? Oh, look at all these killing kryptonite books. Oh, dude, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about... And you never really stop to address because you're scared of what it looks like to feel and to be vulnerable and emotional. So that's something that God had to use my therapist mm. to make me aware of because... Although that was the heartbeat of vertical, I was resisting it as a leader, you know, and just saying like that, that's for them because they, you know, they can do that. But for me, it was failure, you know, and like, 
honesty isn't failure. Honesty is the point of, of like change no. and of like restoration. It's like the story in, in the Bible. You remember the guy with the withered hand? Yeah. Um, Jesus spoke to him and he wanted to get healing. And, and I love it because when Jesus goes to heal him, he says, stretch out your hand. Wow. He never told him one hand to stretch out. He didn't say stretch mm. out your withered hand. He just said stretch out your hand. Mm. Mm. Now, what would have happened if homeboy would think and Jesus just wanted him to show off for the Christian people would have just gave him his normal hand? Because this is the broken hand. This is the withered hand. This is the hand that's, that's messed up and that hurts and that nobody wants to see. And what we do in the church is we go, okay, show you my hand. Look, it's good. It's great. I'm great. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm anointed, appointed, all that stuff. Hey, what's good? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. show you my hand. Mm-hmm. I gotta keep up with the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. I got Jeffersons. I gotta mm-hmm. like, you know, like I gotta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean? What, mm-hmm. what about my hand? Mm-hmm. And instead, he had enough humility and honesty, vulnerability to say, "This is the hand." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when he did that, the Bible says, "And what extended and healed." But it was his ability to end it up himself. Say, "I need to give God what's broken, <sighs> and be open about what's broken." And to be vulnerable about it in front of all these people. Jesus. That caused a miracle to happen. Mm. And I think, you know, in churches we tell people we want them to be open, but as soon as they do, we beat them for it. And we, like, you know what I'm saying? Talk like, about it. Like, we kick them out the state. Like, yeah. we just, we, we disrespect the title. We just, yeah. we have, we don't know what restoration looks like. Right. You know, so we just, we get angry at their sin and we act like we've never sinned before. Like, <laughs> I mean, sure, sit them down, but you've been thinking crazy thoughts and like, yeah. you've been watching crazy yep. shows yep. or soft porn. Now yep. it's like, yep. and it's like, okay, I'm, and I'm all for people taking a break to restore. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in ministry and you, you're in a place of compromise, like, you need to, Step out to heal, but yeah. it's not to punish you. Come on, it's to restore you. Like, yeah. It's to protect you. It's not even because what's in you is gonna transfer <laughs> to the people. It's because you need to to remember what it is to be a Christ follower. Come on, again, um, and so it's been a it's been a, a fight to like learn to be transparent when I don't want to be <sighs> because I don't want to be. And you've seen he's seen mm. me in meetings sometimes, mm. bro, where I, I have to literally start the meeting and be like. I just want to apologize to y'all because I dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. I wasn't intentional this week. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I don't remember the last one was, um, and I was just like, I haven't been focused. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I let you guys down as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but to model that is intentional. Because, bro, half of the people I talk to in counseling and well, in spiritual guidance, whatever, mm-hmm. the biggest issue is that they're in denial. It comes all back to that word denial. Mm-hmm. We had in a vein of that today, like, they're hiding the body mm-hmm. and they're running mm-hmm. because they're scared to say, I need healing. Yeah. I need freedom. Here. Yeah. I need breakthrough. Here. Yeah. It's why we do small groups. Right. Because we need people to be in small groups of people where you can't hide. Yeah. You you can hide in, in a church of a thousand members on a Sunday. You can walk 100%. in, walk right out and never see anything. 100%. Never know I'm feeling. Never know I'm struggling. Yep. Right. And you can do that in a small church of a hundred too. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's those moments of like, this is really me. That we get to really have healing, um, because I can't fix you if I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. You know, and you can't fix me if you don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Like, and so there's stuff that we think are going to disqualify us that are really the point of healing for us and breakthrough. So like, yeah, we need to know you're struggling with porn. Yeah. 
How bad is it? Mm -hmm. How often do you watch it? Mm -hmm. What are your triggers? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, call me when you're tempted. Like, yeah. pray with you. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we need to know that you're struggling with sleeping with your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, let's let's get you some boundaries mm -hmm. and let's mm -hmm. talk to both of mm -hmm. you. And, and, like, the issue is we've had leaders that have not dealt with that stuff right. Wow. That is and key, they man. they created a culture of, yes. I'm scared to show you because I don't know what's going to happen inside of this. Right. Because mm. Pastor So-and-so told his wife yeah. and his wife told the deaconess yep. and the deaconess to yep. this person yep. and then the whole church knows yep. about it and so that's where we get this narrative of like the church just doesn't know how to deal with sin and it's like why are we surprised mm -hmm. at sin mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. people people right yeah um yeah we're working towards holiness yeah yep. we're working towards sanctification yep. yeah all that stuff is true mm -hmm. but until we get there we need to grow 100 yes. and so the way i tell i think i talked to you about this mm -hmm. too is um I need to lead with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so people connect with us mm -hmm. because we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that make people feel like, I really like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. started the practice of leading with my vulnerability sometimes. And yeah. sometimes I walk in room and be like, hey, man, I am not really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to force myself to be in situations where I do that just so I can remind people like I'm human and as a leader you're a leader too like yes, um, apologizing to people in front of other people sometimes mm. just acknowledging not for forgiveness but just because you dropped the ball mm. like yeah I'm not okay with this mm -hmm. um, it models to other people this is a safe place to do that like yeah. when the leader did that he's still straight yep. like I can do that can do it. Um, and so it's been it's, it hasn't been easy but it's been intentional the bible says uh Confess your faults one to another and pray mm -hmm. for one another that you may be healed. Effectual for prayer of a righteous man, develop much. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people are struggling with vulnerability and those who are listening to us um, are struggling with it because they are afraid that if they tell someone that the whole world might find out. Yeah, bro. Um, and then there, it's this whole issue of who can I trust? Yeah. And it's crazy because I was speaking to someone, an uh, older gentleman, um, in, in the faith and he's been serving in church and um she's like yo he didn't tell me this she's like i got this issue i'm really struggling with it but i don't know who can i trust because i'm viewed in this light yeah i got everything going together people call me for counseling they call me yeah. to to guide them through the bible mm -hmm. but like in my personal life i'm struggling yeah mm -hmm. and i kind of felt the spirit of discernment coming on me. i'm like yeah probably struggling with a sexual issue right yeah, now. Yeah. And that's what I kind of, you know, I felt. But I'm like, freedom is in the confession. Yes. 100%. And it's like, what can we tell those who are listening to us to help them to say, yo, you may not need to tell everybody, yeah. but you need to tell somebody because the enemy has the power when it is kept in the dark. In the dark. Yeah, so true. You have to come to the light, man. Gotcha. Yeah. Got to. Got to. You want to hit that one? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, no, I, I just wanted to hear you, man. You got, no, you got some great stories, man. Y'all share some great stuff, man. I, I, I think I, I call it, you know, progress in the process, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we laser focus at the progress, then laser focus and going through the process. Yeah. And I think the interesting dynamic of it is I call it to everybody, I call it 
HTV, honesty, transparency, vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. These things help with stability. Mm -hmm. People think stability is about you always getting, 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 but it's actually when you pour out right. and you give out and you actually, you know, you talk about who to trust. Many times in life, too, I think I find out in my life that sometimes who you think you can trust now, you don't even know. Later on in life, you may not even trust them. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the willingness to say, God would even protect me. That's great. Right? Mm -hmm. Even if people try to come and harm me and hurt me and use things against me, that mm -hmm. I show them in my time of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Because we even see Jesus Christ go what he went through. Mm -hmm. And he was completely... Like, naked, completely, yeah. seeing all the wounds, seeing all the scars, mm -hmm. right? Showing it openly to everybody. Everybody went up there, it's like, man, you're a son of God, just come down. Mm -hmm. You got all that power, just come down, yeah. man. Yeah. Come on, why are you doing all this? Yeah. But we see him still going through the process saying, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hinging part to us. And we begin to say, Father, sometimes people claim that they know, mm -hmm. but they really don't know. Go ahead, go ahead, take my Yo, it's now. crazy because like what you said is is so profound because in my head I'm thinking of the scripture uh, in Proverbs four I believe Proverbs four twenty three guard your heart with all diligence from all that flows the issue of life. Yes. Here's a I I don't think God called us to live a life that's so guarded from others mm. like we constantly have our wall up. Yes, I think God God is so sovereign that He can use someone else's you know mistrust against you you yeah. tell them something and they do something behind your back and still use it for your good to thrust go you ahead, forward go ahead yo go ahead go ahead like go ahead, and i just think yo we have to get out of this this mindset of like yo i can't trust anybody i gotta be by myself i gotta like hide and i can't show myself but god is like yo i'm gonna use you confessing it and I will use I will use them even if they decide to like mistreat you with like taking your trust and this completely obliviating it and like not <laughs> and not being honoring to you yes. and whatever and still use that to grow you to stretch you and help Absolutely. you become all that I called you to become because like Go yo ahead. there's nothing that happens in your life that I can't use hmm. for your good. You remember that story in the Old Testament? Yeah. Um, where they were trying to get a, a prophet or to, to curse the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. And the king hired a prophet to do it. And every time he went to curse them, the Lord made it switch out to the blessing. Yeah. Yes. Yo, crazy. You can't curse what God has blessed. Come on, man. Ooh, that's the theological principle. Yeah. Like, you can't curse what God has blessed. Yeah. So true. So people who think they're cursing you, God will reverse it to mm. blessing. Come on. And if we would worry more about being faithful to God with our life yeah. and less about what people think or what they're saying about us, God will continue to bless us in spite of what they say. Phenomenal. It's like when the people of Egypt tried to kill the Israelites and kill their babies. And what happened? The Bible said they just kept popping, popping, yep. popping, popping, mm -hmm. popping. Mm -hmm. Because God's able to turn it all Come around. On. Right? Yes. Come on. So we get so caught up with the haters and all these people yeah. who did yeah. what. It's yep. like, yes. bro, focus on yours. Yep. Focus on your purpose. Yep. Yes. Focus on the mission. Yep. And let God be your shield. Phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Because it's Ooh. like, bro, I don't got time to worry about who's talking about me. I just, I don't, I'm working. Come on, I'm working, go ahead, go ahead. I'm building, I'm yeah. grinding, I'm developing leaders, mm. I'm pulling people yeah. in, I'm helping other people get theirs. And when you're living like that, you don't really care who's saying what about your church, yeah. who's saying what about your ministry, who's saying what about your, your title. Like, it's just say what, I don't think you deserve it. Cool beans, bro. Go talk to Jesus about it. Like, <laughs> so, so true. But so I'm going to talk to the people that want to receive from me. 
I'm going to talk to people that love me. I'm going to talk to people that I love mm -hmm. and that I do life with. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I just don't got time for it. I think that's where right. I'm at now. Maybe it's I hit 30. <laughs> I think 30 29 for the second time. Yeah, 29 for the second time. 29 again. And I'm just yeah. at this point where it's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was 22, like yeah. drama was like, oh my God, yeah. these people. My heart. And now I'm just like, you'd be all right. <laughs> Yo, PD, man. Ah, that's yeah, good. Like, that's good. And yeah. if you don't, I, I tell people all the time, I'm not meant for everybody. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's meant for me. Mm -hmm. So, so like, true. the people who are for me, God will bring to me. 100%. And the people who are not for me, they will exit themselves out. Yeah. But I'm not going to mm -hmm. be heartbroken because yeah. somebody I wanted to stay in my season wasn't meant for me in the season. Yeah, Like, I'm going to focus on the ones that stayed. Yes. I'm going to focus mm -hmm. on the ones that hear. I'm mm -hmm. going to focus on the ones that, that need what I have to give. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on the ones that want to receive my poor. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Cool. Because yes. I've tried to talk to leaders that I wanted to help, and they didn't want my help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I'm not, and it was like, cool, bro, I'm not going to force my right. poor on you. Like, 100%. I'm not waste my stuff on you. Like, I got oil to pour. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I just go, I'm going to focus on, on what God's got me, and it's too good of a season to mm -hmm. waste it. I'm going to do the Nehemiah, and I'm going to ah, do the brick in one hand, the sword go. in the other. Let's go. And I'm going to do that. I can't come down, because I got too much work to do. Yeah. And I'm just going to live my best life. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's, a scripture just came to mind in Psalms 120, uh, 168. And it says, to them that love thy law, resist offense. Hello. And here's what's so crazy about what you just said is that, Yo. When you're so focused on the things of God, the yeah. work of God, yeah. what he has purposed and sent, yeah. and sent you here to do on this earth, it's like, yo, you are unoffendable. 100%. Like, you're not focusing on who's saying stuff about you behind your back. You're not 100%. focusing on things that's not, that people were doing and they're supposed to be holding you down and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yo, I'm so focused on this work. That whatever you you're doing, <laughs> that's trying to like stop me isn't going to stop me because I'm so focused on the work. Go ahead, and that's crazy, man. I, I, I Seth, I don't know if you want to touch on it. No, I just want to. I see the Bible app. Yeah, yeah, you see yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> when you put the U version, there, they got six on the plate. No, you. But it was it's Hebrews chapter seven for Hebrews chapter five verse seven, right? And it says, while Jesus was here on earth. He offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who can rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. But I like this point right here. It said, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered, not through the miracles. Not through the signs and the wonders, not through the prophetic words. Those things are great. But he learned through the suffering. When people are hating, people are mistreating, people are disrespecting, people are ridiculing. Name the list. They're even like emphasized on more of your traumatized situations. They're even doing that. He learned obedience through those things crazy. that anyone he didn't feel willing to, that like we see in Gethsemane. He said, listen, if it be possible, Lord, <laughs> then listen, Lord, it'd be any other way now. Like even my own personal prayer sometimes like, Lord, sometimes my pastor say something to me, Lord. I'm like, Lord, for the one time could I, you know what I'm saying? Or if my sister and my brother, sister say something to me, I'm like, Lord, I, I have all yeah. the ammo. Yeah. I literally could strategically just say this, but I'm hearing in my heart and mind that if you do that, what really 
really accomplishes when you do those things. Mm-hmm. What is the proficiency for both of you? Yeah. Because now what you're saying is you the way you look at yourself. There's a scripture that says I think it's in Corinthians or one of the epistles. Yeah. It says look the way at your, look at yourself the way you're supposed to look at yourself. Yeah. Right. Another scripture goes on to say you need to highly esteem one another above your own yeah. self. Come on, come on. So how am I able to do both? Have the right lens about myself yeah. and have the right lens about my brother and sister. Something I have to really internally do with myself to understand like I learn much through going through these things. Because it's more being like Jesus Christ. It's yeah. not about being really staff. Yeah, be staff, but be staff to be like Jesus Christ, yes, right? Come on. And that's, I think that's the biggest one you have to realize sometimes in our lives. And I think that's my top struggle. I think that's, <laughs> I think my top struggle when you're talking about that because I always did that. I told people like, always tell people, know your inward circle, know your outward circle. Jesus had, Jesus had 12 and then we see him look, he had 70 and probably more off and all those different types of things. But I had to say to myself, it's like, yo, one of the 12 you're going to have is going to be a Judas. Mm. And how are you going to, it's you know, straight <laughs> devil. It's given devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. straight devil. And it's like, you got to know how to, in, in life, because Jesus Christ dealt with unfairness and justice. So who are we to say we're not going to deal with it? So we have to manage how we respond and react to it. Not about when it comes to us, but how we deal with it when we have to get addressed what happened to us. Hey, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Like, like, oh my God! How is that? Like, oh, take the Jesus mic. said, "Offenses will come. Oh, Jesus. Trouble will come." And we have like, we were like, "How could they have done this to me?" Because they're people. Yeah. Because they're people. Yeah. And, and God is going to use it. He didn't alter it, but He'll use it to shape us and yeah. to grow us. Yeah. And I just think, yo, know, if we would be less surprised and more expecting of it, come yes. on, we'd be. And even with leadership, like take your leader off the platform, off the pedestal. Yeah. They are going to let you down. Yeah, one thousand percent. They're gonna let you down at Mm -hmm. some point, and Mm -hmm. we just gonna have to be okay and offer up grace to it, bro. We just get too dramatic. Come on, that's true. We get too dramatic, and we're just like, bro, I can't believe Nate Mm -hmm. dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, Mm -hmm. Nate's gonna drop the ball. Yeah, yeah. And and Nate's gonna be more than once. Luck is gonna drop the ball. Yep. And I yep. think I have dropped the ball before. <laughs> <laughs> 1,000%. Yeah, same, like, same. Okay, okay, so it's grace upon grace yeah. upon grace yeah. upon grace. Yeah. It's, under, it's putting yourself in their shoes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Understanding where they're coming from, trying to get perspective on what they're going through, mm-hmm. how they were raised, the way they handle issues, what they mm-hmm. don't know yet. You can't be mad at them if they haven't got to the place that you're at yet. Come yes. on. That's my most frustrating thing. As Yo, a you might have said that again. <laughs> you can't be mad at people for not being where you are. Mm. Never forget, I had an assistant one time, and she used to tell me, David, you don't understand who you are. She was trying to hype me up. She was just like, you have a P in front of your name. Mm. And when you're walking around amongst people, you think you're just being David or Fluff. People see the P. Yeah. And you got to recognize that when you're with people, like they haven't done all that work. Mm. My therapist said this, she was like, you can't be mad at people who haven't done three years of therapy. Wow. Because you've done the work, they haven't done the work. Wow. And it's just like this this constant like coming back of like like you said, esteeming other people above ourselves and being like, Okay, all right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make excuses for these people. <laughs> like that's what I do. I tell people yeah. carry all the time, like, yeah. yo, they have something going on today. <laughs> they're just frustrated, they're yeah. aggravated, yeah. it's yeah. been a rough week. Yeah. That's yes. not about me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm trying to be purposeful with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to be purposeful mm-hmm. with it. Like when it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. But it always happens with family. Dude, those are always the ones that get me. I'm just going to say that. People who aren't family, but it's the family members that Oh, Lord, have mercy. They're too close. They're oh. too close. Too close. <laughs> too close. The mechanism. 
guys, yo, this is this episode is going off the chain right now. Like it is fire, 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 it's fire. It's lit in here. But yo, man. we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come right back and dive deeper into some leadership stuff. Okay. And uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us from there. Okay. All right, let's go. Yo, Journeyers, welcome back to the Journey Podcast, man. It has absolutely been phenomenal. Like, Pastor David B. Wald has, like, lit this whole thing on fire. This like, blast I'm telling you, guys, I really want you guys to take this information and not only keep it for yourself. Don't be selfish. I want you to send this podcast to any and everyone you know. Again, you know that we are on Spotify, we're on Google, and we are on Apple Podcasts. So if they got an Android, go ahead and send it to them. <laughs> if they are on the Apostolic Squad, <laughs> send it to them. You know, this has absolutely been phenomenal. But we're going to dive a little deeper. It's crazy. I was thinking about this scripture, and um, it's in Genesis chapter 27, and this is right after Jacob stole uh, Esau's birthright. It's crazy. And after he comes back from obeying his father to go kill some game to bring back and make some stew for him, the Bible says that, you know, when he approached Jacob, he's like, yo, I'm, I'm trembling right now because, like, I thought I just talked to Esau. <laughs> Who is this? It's me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make a long story short, Esau got super frustrated. It's like Jacob stole his birthright, etc. He's like, yo, he asked him, he's like, you don't have nothing else for me. Mm. It's like, yo, like seriously, no other blessing? Mm. Jacob was like, yeah, I gave everything to, I mean, you know, Isaac was like, I gave everything to Jacob. Mm-hmm. And Jacob said this one thing to Esau. He said, when you become restless and tired, you will cast his yoke off, off of your neck. Mm. And that scripture stuck with me because I'm thinking, I'm like, looking at Pastor David's story and how he grew up, it's like, Challenges that he faced, anyone who would have went through what he went through had a valid excuse to kind of like, yo, the hell with everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I'm not, this purpose that I feel like preaching, pastoring, leading, pouring into others, he had a valid reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, get into that place to say, you know what? I'm finally, I'm, I'm, I'm tired and restless of the things that I experienced. I'm tired and restless of the things that I went through. I'm casting this thing off my neck. This is not going to be the thing that's going to keep me stagnant from not fulfilling my purpose. Like, how do you get to that point? And then how did you allow those experiences growing up to fuel you instead of to fail you? Mm, yeah. That's a good question. Layered. Mm-hmm. Um, man, so much to think about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think your scripture hits it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think when you're tired of of the same old, when mm-hmm. you're tired of feeling like you can't, even though you know you can, mm-hmm. um, it does something different in you. Mm-hmm. I think I think also I think like you said earlier, the suffering is a great teacher. Great, um, great, but not fun. <laughs> well, I say suffering is not great. Suffering is an effective teacher. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Very <laughs> true. Is an effective teacher. Um, and so, like, I think when you have all those things happening, 
And then as you get as a man, you're growing up, you're like, well, what am I like gonna like? Mm. What's gonna be my legacy? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what am I gonna? What are people gonna say about me in my funeral? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they gonna say? Are they gonna be like, oh, he was really good at playing Pokemon or something, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. really good at Call of Duty? Yeah. And, and like made me laugh. Were they gonna say like he added value to my life? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. He impacted me. Like I never forget what he said to me. Like, um, it does something in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think although I got into leadership. Um, after that and I was doing well I don't think I was at the point where I learned what it meant to be hungry enough in leadership yet Mm -hmm. to actually do something different Mm -hmm. Um, and so man I think the experiences I grew up in kind of shaped this idea of like it was either sink or or swim you know what I mean of like I could either be like "Eh, whatever or I can be like I have to do this for my future. Uh, you know, I have to break this for my future kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been my biggest, like, like thought behind me is, like, when I do have kids, what are they going to have to deal with? Yes. What am I going to leave to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at my family, and, and none of them have been in successful marriages wow. ever mm-hmm. that, that we can trace, right? Yeah. Like, none of them are financially sound mm-hmm. except my dad but mm-hmm. like it's super unhealthy a little mm-hmm. bit you know what I mean like yes. like none of their kids had good childhoods comparably yeah you know what I'm saying yeah um, and that is a is an effective thing to pull like pull that stuff out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that I think like there's the ups and downs because mm-hmm. it's not just one straight upward plight you know right. what I mean yeah. it's yeah. like it's like you do good for a season and kind of like, uh, yeah. and you go good for a season mm-hmm. and plateau. And yeah. Then, yeah. So it's like Influx. the journey has been up and down, yeah. side to side. And yeah. So I think what I've had to learn is my experiences growing up have made me resilient. Wow. That's the yeah. biggest thing to say. Yeah. Like they've taught me, although it's not detaching anymore, minimizing, yeah. they have taught me like you can go through all this and keep your joy and your passion mm. and your life. And to still be effective, and yeah. you don't have to self-medicate, and you don't have to. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like do all this stuff that other people do, and feel like you're less, and even use it as an excuse as to why I should be in the room. Yeah, like great. You know, I'm in the room because I've done the work. Great, you know what great, I'm great. Because I've learned that it's like when life gets hard, I have to step it up a notch. Yeah, I have to push and endure, and like I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel it. I'm gonna cry about it. I'm gonna pray about it. It's gonna take me a week to process mm-hmm. it. But I don't stop working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, I, that's the thing that bothers me a little bit. Like, especially for some of our young kids that we're mentoring. It's mm-hmm. like, they they hit a shipwreck or something. Something bad happens. Or even something not that dramatic. And mm-hmm. it's like, everything has to stop. So I can do... Like, you can, you can do them both. Yes. <laughs> like, you can be an indexterous leader with yeah. your left hand and your right hand. Like... Healing yeah. in one sense and still progressing. Yeah. Yes. Um, because Ooh. like there's like no temptation to overtake it. It's not uncommon. Come on. Man. Like we've all dealt with this stuff. And so that resilience yeah. afforded me the ability to say, Man, life's kinda sucks right now. Oh. But I can push. Yeah. But I can grow. Mm-hmm. And yes. I can get better. And yes. I can fight for it. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's been a it's been an interesting journey to kind of say, my man. Everything I've learned as a child prepared me to be the age I am in the position I am now. It's great. You know what I'm saying? Because what it forced me to do was it forced me to mature. Mm. And maybe I missed out on some things mm. as a child that I probably would have loved to have done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Maybe I didn't get to do all the stuff everybody else got to do. Mm-hmm. But what it did was it catapulted me years in maturity. Mm-hmm. 
to where I'm able to have conversations with adults and, and keep the, the stride and yeah. the flow and the push. Yeah. And so it's bred in me the seriousness almost of like, hey, I'm serious about my future. I'm mm-hmm. serious about leadership. I'm mm-hmm. serious about growth. Mm-hmm. I'm serious about the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm able to do this even though I'm, I'm this age. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come I'm on. able to, to help guide, you know, a 45-year-old because yeah. I've done the work <laughs> at 18. Come you on. know what I'm saying? Come on. And I'm not speaking out of my authority. I can't speak to kids. I don't really have kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can try, but, like, I have my nephew. who's basically mm-hmm. a kid I've raised him. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, I don't want to go out. I'm not going to give him a marriage yeah. Couple counseling, mm-hmm. I get, you know, I'm mean? like, because yeah. I don't have that authority. Yeah. yet. Yeah. But I've been working. Come on. I've been putting into myself. I've been reading. I've been learning. I've been growing. Leaders are learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so it's been it's been interesting to see how that shaped it because I can when I'm in like super tense situations with staff, my past shows up and not in an effective way, mm-hmm. but in an ineffective way. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's just things that, like, other people aren't prepared to deal with because they haven't been through the trauma. Mm. But the trauma prepared me. Mm. Like, it prepped me. Like, I didn't see it when I was going through it, but I see it now. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? And so, there's that reality of me, like, looking through that lens of, like, we're going to be all right. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Man. Yo, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking because I'm like, yo... Like, your past can either help you or hurt you. 100%. Depending upon the lens you look through it at. 100%. And it's like, yo, you're like, yo, fam, I'm not going to allow my past to keep me at a place where it's like, it's not going to be. You went through it already. Like, you can't change nothing about that. But you can change who you who you become. 100%. After going through it, yes, how true. you allow it to affect you, how yes. do you allow it to grow you, how do yeah. you, how do you allow it to develop you? It's like hearing what you're saying. It's like it makes me think. I'm like, have I used my past to my advantage? That's a good question. That's a great question. Wow. I don't know if I have. I love that. That's a great. Question. That that is a great question. I don't know if I have. Have I? You know, did I become so bitter and angry? And carrying so much unforgiveness in my heart mm. to the point where, like, yo, I know God's like, I know it, I know it hurt, but yo, there's so much greatness that can come out of your pain, 100%. out of your suffering, 100%. out of those circumstances that people need. And have we become weak? Come on, as a society, because we coddle everything, bro. My God, Oof, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Go ahead, if, man. If your trauma has got like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. We're not yeah. invalidating right. like your trauma. Right. Yes. Right. You. Yes. But like, we coddle people mm-hmm. so much that like some of the stuff that's passing for trauma is mm-hmm. not trauma. That's, that's right. so true. It's just so yeah. true. It's just like yeah. somebody was mean to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Into the world, you know what I'm saying. You weren't yeah. rich growing up. Yeah, come on. Bet. Okay, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's deep. It's yeah, deep. super deep. Super Man, deep. It, but it, it goes back to what you're saying. Like, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. You gotta and do the work. like, you know, faith without works is dead. You can believe God for the impossible. You can be like, yo, I believe that God is going to bring me here, there, and that, help me do this. But it's like, yo, if you're not doing the work. To get healthier, to see things from a different perspective, yeah. to come under someone, to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to do any of those things, yeah, that that is going to allow your past to hurt you rather than help you. Okay, hold you hostage, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Hold you. And these people get caught up in the moment, bro, mm-hmm. and they get stuck on a moment. Mm-hmm. 
from like, like wow. ten years ago, and it's like, man, there's 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 work that needs yeah, to be done. 100%. We need your voice. We need your gift. We need your anointing. We need your leadership. We need all that stuff. Yeah. And God can't afford to have us on the sidelines. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Even people who are upset about church situations, yeah. it's like, bro, get over it. That mm-hmm. wasn't the leader for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be all right. Yeah. Like, God's got better in store. Yeah. I think it's that. It comes back down to that fundamental core belief, like. What do we really believe about the situation? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that that real faith line of like, no, no. If God's working it all for my good, then it, that affects my attitude. Come yes. On. You know what I'm it's saying? Great. Yes. Yeah. If God's my defender, that affects my attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It affects the way I view things. And mm-hmm. so, again, it goes back to that denial thing. Mm-hmm. We're just not honest about it. We're still fe- fe- caught up on it obsessed about it yeah. upset about it yeah. and we're not going to move forward until then and it kills our leadership Yo. Mm-hmm. you can't be a leader looking backwards mm. you can't be a leader I'll throw this chair yeah. right now <laughs> do not play with me <laughs> <laughs> keeping your church in 1993 Jesus because you had a moment where you got caught in 1993 yeah I never I watched Kitchen Nightmares with uh, Gordon Ramsay okay. yeah I love that show yeah. I yes. turned him over to Gordon yeah. Ramsay's Hell Kitchen yesterday it was but great I, yeah um and I love it. It's crazy how every episode, the restaurant is doing great, great, great. There's so much money coming in until a traumatic event happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like the restaurant freezes in time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you watch the show, it's crazy. To me. Every episode, it's like, what happened? We opened. There was lines out the door. Money was coming in. My wife left me. Wow. And then everything stopped. Wow. And from there, they're going bankrupt. They were in $500,000 of debt. And everything, every episode is crazy. Like verbatim, he's like, you can't get stuck here at this mm-hmm. moment and not still pastor your presence. <sighs> we talked about that two weeks ago. Like, you need to pastor your presence. That is. It's me and my all over again. A brick in one hand. Let me rebuild my life and mm-hmm. heal. But then there's a sword in the other hand of like, I need to still progress. Yeah. Yes. I need to still ministry. Yeah. You know, and, like, yeah. and we just get so caught over what happened. And so maybe my, def- my, my defense mechanism is a superpower because it helps me to keep like trudging forward yeah. when I'm still hurting. And like, it's okay to bleed in leadership. Yeah. You're going to bleed in yeah. leadership. Yeah. But just don't bleed all over your people. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know Come on. I'm saying like, Bleed to the right people. Let them heal you. Let them restore. Come on. Restored. Come on. Because there's always going to be people to reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus. He told the disciples, if you go into a city, they don't want to receive the word. Dust the, 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 the dust off your sandals mm-hmm. and cloak and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we don't have time to stop when everybody wants to stop. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, there's a time for rest mm-hmm. and healing and reprise and mm-hmm. a break. But even on the break, there's work to be done. Yeah, come on. There's work. Clean come your on. house. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Throw <laughs> out old furniture. Like, come on. Don't be a warder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's go so to true. The gym. That's I don't know. Like, go learn a habit. Like, yes. Do something, but yeah. don't, don't pause. Come on. Don't stop. I think too much rest. Rest is good. Yes, you know wrong. But too much rest can lead to laziness. 100%. But it can also lead you to making mistakes that otherwise you wouldn't have not made if you were working. Mm-hmm. And we see that in the case of David and Bathsheba. Go ahead. He was supposed to be at war, mm-hmm. fighting with his fellow soldiers. The man said, the Bible says that he gets out of bed, yeah. goes to his balcony, he sees Bathsheba bathing from across his house. And he sent, he sent his servant to go and fetch her. And it's crazy to me. It's like, yo, while you were supposed to be working, while you were supposed to progress Israel forward, yes. you're, you're resting mm-hmm. in a place where you shouldn't be. Yes. 
That's stupid. To me. <laughs> you know what? It, it's it's interesting when you talk about rest because many times we get into rest because we're doing things for like not just because we want to recuperate. We're doing things for our good pleasure, mm-hmm. but then we get get into the crosshairs of God's good pleasure and mm-hmm. our good pleasure, mm-hmm. and then David got into a thing that. God created it. Yes, instinctively, God wanted you to be that way as a yeah. man, but it was over God's good pleasure, mm-hmm. your good pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with that, even like dealing with the pornography situation. I'll be vulnerable real quick. Yeah. Like, I had to realize, he's like, Steph, these women were created for God. Mm-hmm. They were created for you, yes, but one for a certain level and degree. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize that he's like, listen, are th- you looking at them the way you're looking at them? You got to understand this. You're not God. God made their whole body so he can look at everybody because he made them for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't make everybody the way he made it for everybody for you. Mm-hmm. So you get into this thing of saying, and myself, I'm like, listen, is it, how am I supposed to look at this? Is the way I look at them, the way I deal with them, God, I'm putting my pleasure over your good pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then I don't find rest. Yeah. Because now I'm stressed because what I just saw, what I just think, yeah. I got to pray, God, I got to yeah. repent, yeah. I got to clear, yeah. I got to call my brother, I got to call yeah. my sister, I got to call somebody and yeah. talk to and I'm like, I got to sit my brother with this yeah. because I put my pleasure over his good pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And good work, good work is rest. Mm-hmm. Oh, say, 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 say that again. Say that again. Good work is rest, yeah. bro, because rest doesn't mean sitting on a sofa and binging Netflix. Come on. Go ahead. I do that and feel more exhausted. Come on. Wow. Different types of ways that you got to pour into yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because burnout is a real thing. Absolutely. Yeah, burnout isn't just, I work too hard, so I'm not going to do anything right yeah. now. No, burnout is just you work too hard in one thing <laughs> and never pour back into yourself in other ways. Ooh, so, right. like, that doesn't mean I just can't do anything today. I'm just going to yeah. sit in the house. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm yeah. going to go get a hobby and take a cooking class and yeah. do something else. I'm going to. Do an art show. I'm mean, like, you know, do something that fills your bucket. Yeah. You know, that pours back into you because there's emotional rest, there's creative rest, there's content creation rest. Mm. There's like, there's so many different types of rest that like so true. we misappropriate. We're just mm-hmm. like, oh, I need a break from, from the church because I've been running too hard. Yeah. No, you just, you just haven't been doing anything else with your wife and yeah. your kids yep. and other things yep. to help yep. you feel like. I'm balanced. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of times, just out of balance. Mm-hmm. They're just all ministry, so and I wonder why they're all broken over here. Come on, um, wow! It's just like, nah, bro. Breathe, chill. Mm-hmm. Like, but you still need like the Sabbath is still one day rest, six days come on. work. Yeah, come on, like come on. six days of grinding, and maybe sometimes we're tired because we're out of balance. Yes, mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not grinding for six days and then earning our keep to rest yeah. on that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously workaholics, y'all need to take three days off. Do something around your house, do something that's gonna make you feel good mm-hmm. and do something that has value. So mm-hmm. like eating out it's not good rest for me mm-hmm. because I eat it and then it's gone. But mm-hmm. like if we do a project at the house and we get to paint over a room mm-hmm. and do something like that, I love that. Mm-hmm. Like it refuels me I love it. to do that. You know? I mean mm-hmm. the video gamers, if you're gaming eighty seven hours a week, you need to chill out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not rest. <laughs> That's not rest. But for me, when all I do is talk to people all day, all yeah. I do is like bring content and stuff mm. like that. Sometimes a mindless thing like that for a couple hours a day or a weekend. Yeah. 
that gets me rest, Come on. but it can't be the whole weekend. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to feel sluggish mm -hmm. and dead mm -hmm. and bleh and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But leadership and rest is a weapon. Yeah. That's Come so on. true. Come on. Rest again. is a leadership weapon. Come on. Mm -hmm. It really is. Come on. Because the best leaders are the rested leaders. Mm -hmm. And not the ones that are not doing anything, yeah. but the ones that have been pouring into themselves so they have something to give when they show up to the room. They're not worse than a dry leader who's not pouring into themselves, that's not learning, that's not growing, that's not developing, mm -hmm. has no hobbies outside of church, mm -hmm. and then keeps using the same three examples every single week yeah. to share the same story, bro. Forget that. Oh my goodness, wow. man. Like, you told me you said, "Yo, you need." Um, you said, "You said I needed measure, mm. right?" Because I'm like, "Yo, you, you hit me off real quick." Like, and you was like, "Yo, you got a lot going on. You're doing a lot." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, "Yeah, Do you think I need rest? I asked you that question. Like, if you think I need to stop this, I'll stop. <laughs> what do you think? Because in my head, I'm like, I gotta go, 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 go. Yeah. But it's like what you just said made a lot of sense. It's like, no, maybe you don't need a break from this. Yeah. You just need a spend more time pouring into this and you just need margin that's the word margin. that you said margin um my question would be like what are you doing when you're resting because like if your mind is racing a thousand miles per hour that isn't rest like you can be on vacation away from everything and everybody still going but if your mind is racing if you have your your mind on the things that you you've seen that you need rest from you aren't really rested um and that, that can really be an issue for a lot of people that's listening to us. It's like, yeah. yo, I get it. Like, rest is important, but of course you need the right rest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't rest too much. Yeah. But when you are resting, yeah. like, make sure that your mind isn't focusing on the things that you're resting from. 100%, bro. So, 100%. You know. I, I, it's hard for me, um, especially with, like, my relationship. Because mm. all my brain wants to think about is ministry all day, every day. You know? So I'm thinking... What do we need to do different? What do we need to do better? Mm. What do I need to do better? How much more do I have to pray? What mm. about these leaders? Mm. What about this? What's mm. not clear here? Right? And it just yeah. it goes. So I have to learn, even though that's what I love and that's what I'm intentional about. And Carrie's good. Carrie, mm. my girlfriend, she loves that mm. too. Like she can talk to me all day about mm. this stuff. So when we talk about that. We both light up. We're mm -hmm. just like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about mm -hmm. all these different plans. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know Carrie the brains behind a lot of stuff that changed. My God, initially. she was mm -hmm. the one um, mm -hmm. telling me like, bro, you were old and played out. <laughs> <laughs> Coming last way, she she was like, we got work, bro. No, <laughs> was like, wow. Okay. She was like, the kids don't like the songs. There's oh, no fun. Goodness. There's no. And I was just yeah. like, I'll be attacking. Her. Yeah, so, <laughs> legit. And, and God grew because Come of that. On. Like, listen to your wife. She ain't mm -hmm. my wife yet. But she gonna be. Come on, um, let's go. So just listen. But yeah. um, we had to learn. We need to do stuff and force ourselves to talk about things other than ministry. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, if we don't, when ministry's over, we're gonna have nothing less to connect about. Wow. Nothing less to grow on. Nothing mm -hmm. less. So we're we're trying to find things now that like we love to do together yeah, yeah phenomenal that are not ministry yeah. so we literally have to tell each other like yo no ministry doctor yeah like, we're not gonna talk about the volunteers not yeah. gonna talk about anything we're just gonna <sighs> go talk about us yeah what we want to do and how we want and we have fun so i think we went to um oh where did we go we went kayaking a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago never kayaked in my life wow. <laughs> um and i thought i'd be kind of exhausted because it's like the ooh, 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 yeah. ooh, like that whole thing and when we left we felt so rejuvenated come on wow. we were just like that was fire. Like, yeah. we had a good time. We yeah. laughed. I almost killed us. Like, like <laughs> it was great. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be tired and exhausted. But I had so much energy from kayaking. Come on. But now we want to make that a rhythm for us. Like, we're going to go kayak now. I love that. Um, because 
it was rest, but yeah. in a different way. Yeah. In a different way. And so the boundaries are fire. Like, get boundaries. Phenomenal. Get boundaries. Be intentional with your time. Mm. Let people know when we can talk about this, when mm. we're not talking about this. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Nate before, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, I'm not thinking anything ministry mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I love mm-hmm. you, but, like, mm-hmm. just no ministry. Yeah. We're just not doing mm-hmm. it because I got to protect my mind. And because people won't respect your boundaries. <laughs> That's true. You know, people want what they want when they want it. And it's like, you got to let people know, like, I love you, but not right now. Yeah. I just, no, I don't have the time for it. So. Mm-hmm. You make my brain go off. You make my brain go off. <laughs> <laughs> Steph makes both of our brains go off. <laughs> I just thought about this, and this is something that the Lord told me in prayer one time. Um, and I and I feel bad because I feel like, yo, man, we can talk for hours. Like, I have so many things I want to ask and say. But I'll say this real quick. We, we're almost done. Um God told me this in prayer one time. He says, uh, "Where um, where boundaries aren't set, lines are crossed." Hundred percent, bro. 100%. When you are not, tagline from that one. You need to record it and get a button and just be like preaching that on. Yeah, I'm gonna smile. We gotta do that. That would be nice. You can find a way to do that. You can find a way to do that. Yeah, we gotta do that. Yo. We definitely gotta do that. One hundred percent. Oh my goodness, man! But like, it's crazy because when you aren't vocal about that, when you're not communicating your boundaries to others, they will constantly cross the line. Yeah. And you're offended. Yep. Not on their lack of understanding. Yeah. But on your inability to express yeah. your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Express yeah. your needs. Yeah. Express like what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And yo, I'm sorry, I gotta say this Go because Go ahead. I found myself like in seasons previously being a yes man. Mm. I have to say yes to everything. Yeah, bro. To anything. The helium hand. Yeah, I'll do it. Whatever you need. And I still struggle with that. Um, Same. Same. It's hard. It's it's super hard. True. And um, so, and when he told me that in prayer, I'm like, okay, but I don't want people to get to a place where they they feel like they can't, you know, delegate different responsibilities to me, or that they can't call me, or that they can't ask me for advice, or that they can't invite me to other places because so they feel like he's not going to do it yeah he can't do it yeah. he won't do it yeah. um but like you know i heard dr darius daniel say this one thing he said and he's phenomenal this dude is sick he said to me no well, not to me he said well i felt like he was talking. <laughs> you might as well say it like that that's my therapy chair <laughs> When I'm stressed, I just go there, Lord. I'll let it all out. (laughs) But uh, he said in uh, this leadership training that he was doing, he was like, yo, if if I have to learn, I I learned throughout my life how to decommit. And some people will not accept that. But he said that if I if I were to something were to happen in my family, Mm. something were to happen in my ministry, will these people cancel me? Mm. Will they throw me out the window without no care in the world? Mm. If the answer is yes, then I'll decommit if I have to. He said, I don't violate my integrity. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I gave my word, I'm going to do it, as, I'm going to keep it as best yeah. as I can. But if something comes up, yeah. if I feel fatigued, if I feel depleted, yeah. if I'm not showing up as my best self yeah. and I got to decommit, yeah. I ask myself those questions. Yeah. 
and I do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Those are boundaries to me, man. Boundaries, bro. I think uh, you, we're gonna. I don't know if you're gonna make that one. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, nah, I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> 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 no, be honest, it's, it's so good. It's so good right now. I'm, even, I'm like, man, why can't they just make that thing go the rabbit hole? I can't switch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so good. I think. Um, I think we have to be comfortable with letting people down. Mm. Especially ministry. Because in ministry, everything's immediate. Mm. Everything's an emergency. Mm. And what the lies of the enemy is in our life, everything's an emergency. <laughs> Everything needs Go ahead. feedback. Everything mm. needs to do and, and I think when you start to, to rebuild those boundaries after mm. so many months of people mm. being able to just cross that line, people get pissed off. Mm-hmm. They get tight, and I had to learn for a season that access to me is a privilege. Access is a privilege, not because I'm Pastor David, not because I got a title, not because of the size of our church. Access to me is a privilege because you don't just get to have an audience with me as a person. Come on. Yeah, not even as a, as a as a person. Come on. If I don't really know, like I'm, yeah. here, my heart is to serve, to yeah. love anyone who comes, yeah. right? To be humble enough to be like, yeah, I receive you. Mm-hmm. But there's priorities in my life that I can't just let go of every Come time you scream. Come on. Wow. You know. Wow. And it was challenging for me when I first started ministry because everybody wants access to you twenty four seven, and then. Everybody's offended when they don't get access to you twenty four seven, and then they're jealous of people who do get access to you, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, "What? Well, you, you like it better than me? Mm-hmm. I thought you were a pastor." That's mm-hmm. why some churches don't grow because they only want the pastor showing up mm-hmm. to every event, to every hospital visit, and to every group. And it's like, go ahead. It's like, no, go ahead. No, that's yeah. not how that works. Right. You that's, know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Like community. Yeah, we, can, we can meet mm-hmm. in two months. <laughs> like, why mm-hmm. two months? Because yeah. that's what my schedule. Is allowing yes. for, and that turns people off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but that turns people off who don't understand the value of the voice that's in front of them. Mm. You know, when you understand the value of who that person is, what they bring to them, title or no title, mm. size of the church, not mm-hmm. size, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you're willing to respect them enough because you're not trying to just get them to do all your stuff on your timetable. Mm-hmm. You're respecting, I know you got a thousand things happening mm-hmm. in your lives too. Come on. And I want to honor that. Yeah. And so, like, I, I used to tell people, like, well, now I tell people, you guys may not know this, mm-hmm. but now you know this. Um, I tell the strat team, the strat team is like our, our leaders who lead our ministries. Like, yes. I oversee it, they're the mm-hmm. ones running it. And um, I tell them, if they need me, I will move hell and high water for a point with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you mm-hmm. guys have yes, earned that access to me. Yeah. Yes. You need, like, what doesn't matter what's happening in my life. I'm like, if it's something smaller, mm-hmm. like, with like this podcast, yeah. I'm not saying it was small mm-hmm. pot, but like mm-hmm. something that wasn't like pressing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll find it. Right. But it was like, no, I need to mm-hmm. talk to you. I'm stopping everything mm-hmm. and pouring in, right? Yeah. Because those are the ones that I'm committed to. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I'm discipling. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I'm outside of that. I'll make room, but it is not as immediate. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. okay, when do you want to meet? How can we co- like, talk to my secretary? Yeah. Like, we'll yeah. figure that out. Yeah. That's fine. Like, I don't mind because mm-hmm. I'm not untouchable, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not hiding in the green room every like every Sunday you're gonna see us outside yep. talking yeah. to people, mm-hmm. hugging mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. praying with people, mm-hmm. but not everybody gets my cell phone number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't. Because you get people who call me with, Hey, what time does church start? And I'm trying to have dinner with somebody, right. like, no, bro, like mm-hmm. and then there's people who who I said Sean Lovejoy says it this way. He says, If you're overexposed, you'll be undervalued. Wow. wow. 
And I think that's, that's a deep. principle for boundaries. Yeah. Of like, if I'm always around, sooner or later you're going to start to devalue my voice. Mm. As a leader, as a friend, as a pastor. Uh, that's why relationships struggle. Right? Because mm. now we live together 24-7 and now I just ignore half of what you say because I'm no longer valuing wow. who you are because I'm so familiar with you. Familiar right? breeds contempt. So, Go ahead. And it breeds this idea of like, I purposely remove myself sometimes because I want when I say something in a room now I have everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a, that's a principle of leadership that we don't really talk about often. Like, I can't be at every event. I won't be at every event. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, and sometimes people just back to playing with pastors around. I'm like, hello, pastor. <laughs> like, it was like, chill out. Just have yeah, fun. Right. Um, <laughs> but boundaries are huge. There's yeah. one volunteer. i never forget it. She called me four times on a Saturday. I was at a, a event with my friend, yeah. and I didn't pick up. And on Sunday, you know, it was literally Saturday night. I went to sleep. Sunday. She came in and she tried to scold me. She was mm. like, yeah, let me tell you something. You need to learn how to answer your phone. That's not right. I'm a member of this church. Mm. I pay tithe, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. She chewed me out. Bro. Wow. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm so sorry I offended you. Forgive me. I didn't mean to hurt you like, because we all always fall on our sword. Right? Yeah. Like, but I want you to know that having my cell phone is a privilege. Mm. It's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So from now on, if you need to reach me, please go through my secretary. Mm. And I walked away. I never answered a phone message from her again or text message. Wow. And people would be like, that's that's prideful. That's extreme, mm-hmm. bro. Right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, bro, that's great. You're, I don't even know you like right. that. Like, you don't have the, like, you don't know what was happening in my life. Right. You didn't ask me if I was okay. Right. You didn't ask me if everything was fine mm-hmm. with my family. You just assumed that because you called everything in my life had to stop because I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. 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 Entitled to me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> Entitled to me. That's crazy. Yeah. Not um, so. And it was like this reality of like, I'm not trying to be a jerk either. Yeah. But there was a lesson she had to learn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of listen, this doesn't happen when you want. And I gave you my phone number out of grace. I didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. We have a church phone. You can right. call my church <laughs> phone and hope I get back to you when I get back to right. you. Like, and it's this reality of like, we'll make it assume, like, well, if, if you're always talking, that's love. That's not love. That's not love. Mm-hmm. That's not love. That's, that's arrogance. Yeah. Think that like, it's always when you want, how you want. Love sometimes is teaching you how to how to learn to work within these boundaries. Phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And how to grow in these boundaries. So, uh, by the way, just in case you're, you feel bad about that chick, she loves me now. Okay. We have restored. Praise you're God. good. She calls me all the time. <laughs> Let's go. I when I can. Yeah. And she actually apologized to me after. Mm-hmm. She's like, Pastor, I never thought about it that way. And I forgive me for that. And I was like, bro, I'm not mad at you either. Because yeah. it was just something that needs to learn. And so true. some people get my phone number yeah. and some people don't. Yeah. That's true. I feel special. <laughs> you can have a snap. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and some people get to hang out at dinner with me. And I yeah. can't do that. Because, again, there's everybody wants to hang out. Everybody wants to go to every graduation yeah. party. Yeah. And, every, and you just can't. Yeah. And like I'm not gonna start putting my, my relationship on the back burner yeah. to hang out with everybody every weekend. Great. Yeah. And like what about my family? And what mm. about like my goals? And like mm. so boundaries are huge. You kill mm. leadership Absolutely. especially. If we don't if we don't leaders lead themselves. Mm. And if you can't manage your time and lead your time management, you're not gonna lead ministry really well. Mm. You know, like that's so true. Shout out to all the leaders still showing up late to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nah. This morning, nah. 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 N
right? Yeah. Stop showing up late to engagement. Yeah. Don't walk in 47 minutes after the service started because you had a prior engagement. Come you on. said no then. Yeah. Like Yo, that's real. <laughs> that's true. Or at least let somebody know in advance. Yeah. Let somebody yeah. know in advance. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's true. That's Absolutely. Like be on time, be yeah. early. If you're on time, you're late. Like, like that's all leadership. Yeah. And that all communicates way more than anything. I had talked to Nate 10 minutes before and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm running late. Yep. And he mm-hmm. was like, bet, mm-hmm. go for it. Yes. You're great. And I was like, cool. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But if he said no, I would have rushed my butt down. <laughs> Being here because I made a commitment. Yeah. Leaders yeah. are leaders. And boundaries yeah. are not just for other people. Boundaries are for us. Mm. This is what we won't do. Keep on going, man. This we is not- what we won't do. This oh. is, I will be on time. Go ahead. I will be focused. I will be present. I will give give my feedback. Mm. I will, like, this is, I am going to keep it positive. I'm not going to gossip about other people. I'm mm. going to stay in that line. Um, and so I just love it because. Because we're going out. Nobody's safe. <laughs> Nobody's safe At today, all. bro. Like, boundaries yeah. for me, too. Because yeah, I'm so. sassy. Let's <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my goodness. Are you about to say one thing? Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, it just encompasses all what you're talking about. I heard a wise man say this. He said, if you try to please everybody, you'll please no one. Mm. You try to please everybody. You'll please no one. 100%. That means we won't even be pleasing God 100%. if we try to please everybody. Wow. Now you're making That's my brain go back off. But I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Boundaries. This has Yo. to do about boundaries. He was so honest. I think this. He didn't is, want to leave at one. I know. <laughs> I wanted to, but he was going too much. He was blasting. I this, <laughs> Lord this, help this, me. This is probably the longest pod we ever did. But I, yeah, I want to keep going. But I know I want to be respectful and mindful of everybody's schedule. Yo, this joint has absolutely been, been fire. I, I said this to my pastor downstairs. I'm going to say it again for all those who are viewing us. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that this man, I want to say this, he's the greatest next-gen pastor I've ever heard in my life. I'll say that. But I also want to say this. He's the top, the greatest top five voices that I've ever heard communicate, oh, preach, speak, in any form, like this man is absolutely phenomenal, and I can't wait to see the day where he's preaching all across this globe and Africa and Italy. And <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> they'll get you sound like it's nothing. They'll do something, yo. Bring you in by the boat. And, uh, <laughs> the boat. Yo, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Like we really, really, really appreciate this. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, thank God for your voice. Thank God for your vulnerability. Thank God for your leadership. Thank God for Thank your you. heart. Thank God for your consistency. Yes. And your willingness. Your willingness to us today. Yeah. Really and minister from your I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this real quick too. Ministering from your brokenness by the spirit. That 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 really was touching me today. I'm not gonna lie, really so much. Thank God that you didn't give up yeah. in the past. All that you experienced, all that you endured. I know it was times where you probably wanted to. Still, still. <laughs> but you fought through it. That's it's that resilience that you talked about, that persistency to keep on seeing what's ahead and, and God is He's going to do some amazing things in your life. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of it and that you get to pour into me and I get to learn and, and grow. Um, so we're reaching the end, but we got five questions that we want to ask you. Oh, Off the top of your head, we oh, call man. them right. the Fire Five. Fire five. <laughs> Random questions. 
Um, and you can say whatever comes to your mind. Okay. All right, first one. What is your uh, greatest book on leadership? Ooh, greatest book on leadership. How deep leadership we want to go? Wherever you want to. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with, oh, that, can I do two? Yeah, go ahead. I do um, Way of the Shepherd. Okay. Fantastic book on mm-hmm. leadership, um, working with people especially. Mm-hmm. And then second one is going to have to be Help I Work With People by Chad Beach. Fire. Mm-hmm. Two okay. phenomenal books. I think leadership is people, so mm-hmm. most of my leadership books are about people. Great, great. What is the greatest one-liner you ever heard? Oof, greatest one-liner. <laughs> There's too many. Um, oh. God, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> the greatest one-liner. I don't know. It could be ministry, TV, yeah. it could be whatever. Oh, oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, not what I needed, I can't bring it out. Right? <laughs> the pressure side. Oh, oh man. Gosh. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. I'm okay. I got you. No, you're fine. Okay. Like you're fine. I just want to answer the question. It's I fine. Honestly, don't drop the mic. It's my greatest. My greatest. There you go. Life. Don't drop the mic. Come on, Bishop TD Jakes. You got to have more of him in the life. Look at him coming through. Let's right go. Now. Okay. <laughs> what is your uh, uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie. Mm. Ooh. Favorite movie. Finding Nemo. Oh wow, that's a classic. That's a great pick. I'm sorry. Sermon from that? I have. Okay. I have. Yes, I have. Wow. I have. I did Finding Dory, and I talked about identity. Wow. I talked about how we forget after we stop. You know, the Bible says we're just like a mirror, and then we walk away, forget what we look like. Yes. I connected that for youth ministry one time. Wow. Finding Dory. We don't know who we are. We keep forgetting. Yeah, it was hard. That's good. That's so good. Okay, what's your favorite food? Favorite food? Oh man, it's gotta be pizza all day long. Pizza? No, no, no. I'm going okay. Thai. I'm going Thai food. I'm going with oh. uh, drunken noodles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Drunken noodles. That's okay. what mm-hmm. I said. I love it. Who is your pizza favorite pizza. preacher? Favorite favorite preacher, bro. You're right to. now, they change every yeah. four years. I feel that. That's true. Yeah. Your roster changes. Uh, right yeah. now, right now, it's gotta be. It's oh man, this is. Bad. You guys are putting me on the spot. <laughs> right now, it's gotta be Jamin Chavez. Right now. Okay. Right now. Okay. But you know, before that, it was best, definitely the bishop. Before that. Come on. Before that, it was definitely, definitely Juanita Bynum. Yo. Uh, wow. Really? I gotta throw the goats out there. Wow. Okay. Who would have thought? I don't preach like it, but I appreciate those. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. But right now is Juanita. I mean, it's David. Look at me, all the J's. I love it. I love it, guys. Well, you have it. Our guest again, Pastor David B. Wall. We thank God for him, man. Absolutely phenomenal, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, please take this information, apply it, and share it with others. Until next time, peace out from the Journey Podcast. Peace. Peace.